Hello, Internet people. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. And this man here in a tie and a shirt looking really good is Denny, you say it. Denny Coos. Denny Coos. <laughs> I'm Peter Karutz. He's Denny Coos. And he's going to talk about uh, investing slightly differently, investing with a Catholic perspective, right? Doing it right. It's, it's not something most people consider. So right. what do, why, why should we even think about that? Well, um, I guess uh, in the Bible, the uh, possessions and money were one of the most talked about uh, things as far as what concerns Jesus and our faith. And uh, I think we should take our money and our possessions into consideration when investing. Absolutely. You know, our, in that uh, parable of the talents, you know, our Lord wanted us to do good with the gifts he gave us. But I think we need to do good by investing in good things. So you're going to hear more about that here on this program. So stay tuned and tell a friend and pass it on and give us a like and do all those good things. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. This is Peter Karutz. I'm your host today, and I've got to be honest, this is Catholic stuff, right? Can't do the lying. We are not live today, but, well, we're live, right? We're, we're here doing it uh, in uh, living color. But this is a pre-recorded, so when you're hearing it, it's already been done. So I won't tell you what day it is, whether it's morning, noon, or night. But thank you for joining us again. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And we're, I'm Peter Karutz, and this is Denny Coos. Coos. I'm notorious for mispronouncing names, even when they sound just like mine. And Denny is going to talk to us about seeking the truth with investments. Look, when we are investing our money, we have obligations, really do, right? We should do good with all that we do. God gives us talents, whether they be personal talents. They, he gives us uh, blessings in terms of uh, money. But we should do good with everything. And I don't know that most of us think very hard about what we're putting our money to work on. Who are those companies? Uh, is, is that what you're doing? Yes. Uh, my business, we uh, specifically look at companies and screen them out as far as what their monies are, are supporting and what their ideals and beliefs. Uh, 
And as Catholic Christians, uh, I believe it is our responsibility to um, dig a little deeper and find out what's truly going on with our money. There you go. And uh, we always uh, start out with a prayer. And I'm going to invite Denny to, to do that, if you would. All right. Thank you. Um, first, I would ask uh, our God to bless our conversation today and uh, hopefully um, get through the, uh, the power of broadcast to, to get to the people that would uh, need it or like to hear it. And with that, I'll just uh, do an Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Often said, often talked about the Our Father is the perfect prayer. I say it's the scariest prayer in the world, <laughs> right? Uh, treat us as we would treat others. Forgive us as we would forgive others. And today we're talking about what are we doing with the money that we're blessed with? You know, I, uh, I, quite frankly, don't have time to investigate what all of these various companies do. I mean, I want to be responsible, but boy, it's, it's got to be hard to do. And, and then, frankly, where's my barometer? H how do I determine whether or not they are doing all good or how much, is, how much bad is too bad? H how do you... Well, first off, you're doing a lot of research, no doubt. You're finding companies that are good investments, but then you're looking into what they're making, producing. Tell me a little bit of, about that. Right. Well, I work with uh, fund companies and uh, screening organizations that go through the processes of first looking at where their monies are going in support of uh, possibilities of you know, uh, supporting destruction of life, uh, destruction of marriage and family, and then also looking into the financial side where we're looking at rates of return, uh, you know, past performances, all of that, and uh, the complete integrity of these companies and organizations. So there is a lot of research, and uh, what I use is uh, it's a uh, program um, developed for representatives or advisors uh, called the Evaluator, and that's uh, the organization that screens out these companies. Um, uh, so it's it's easily done, I guess, uh, as far as my end of things. Um, so we start with that and uh, also going through, you know, compliance um, um, and suitability, uh, working with clients. We make sure that products are suitable for clients and uh, following all the compliance rules. Uh, um, you know, the financial industry itself goes through great lengths, you know, with the Securities Exchange Commission and the Financial Regulatory Authority in making sure that investments are suitable um, and we're not um, selling products rather than selling what a customer or client really needs. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I wish, um, I wish uh, we could do a little more with that on a broad scale with our morals too, but uh, it's, uh, it's up to individuals to, to seek that themselves. I right, guess. right, right. I know there was an encyclical, was it Rerum Genesis, Gerenus, I think? It was by Pope Leo, 1889, I think. But look, when, when we're, we are talking about money, we're talking about capitalism to some extent then. Mm -hmm. There's no prohibition against capitalism. This, right. isn't, this is not the world of Ayn Rand and um, Atlas Shrugged where it's somehow <laughs> bad to, to make money and to do good. We are supposed to do good with our 
resources. We're not supposed to wait. We're supposed to be frugal. We're supposed to be uh, diligent in our evaluation of what is the right thing to do. And I imagine that you are dealing with various people who have different uh, goals, if you will, which also often frustrates me. I I talk to financial advisors and they say, well, what's your goal? What do you mean, what's my goal? My goal is to make money and not lose it, you know. But I've been investing for 39 years. And in 39 years, I've sold five stocks. I just buy and I hold. And uh, but most people say I'm crazy. Now other people have other 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 goals. But I imagine what you do for folks is you're doing the screening, but you're also doing the trading, right? Sure. I and imagine there may be a company that you <clears throat> sign on to, and then they do something bad. What what do you do then? Well, that's a good point. Uh, the uh, the organization I mentioned before, the evaluator, uh, is very diligent and it's updated monthly, so that if if there is a company that, for some reason, does start uh, investing or putting their money towards these other organizations, then they are screened out immediately. Uh, they're taken out of the investment. And um, I imagine that we are – things change, right? You know, our culture today is, uh, quite frankly, kind of nutty. <laughs> uh, and uh, not only nutty, but it's changing, right? If I told you what was going on today in 2022 and talked to myself back in – 1990, uh, I would think I have lost my flipping mind. Certainly. Right? So I imagine that when you're evaluating these companies, you're not evaluating based on the mores, the culture that we're living today, but you have other standards. What are your standards? Correct. Uh, The screening process is uh, set up for Christians and Catholics. And uh, just to give you an idea, I I brought along this to share too. It's just a uh, uh, a list of our screens. So it includes liberty, you know, human rights, uh, which might be, might include uh, human trafficking, um, slavery, things of that nature, family, um, you know, the traditional family, how that looks, um, um, and purity as far as uh, pornography. So we're screening out companies that are putting their money into pornography, um, entertainment, um, it becomes difficult, though, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I travel a great deal. Uh, for a while, I was out 120 nights a year. And what, I, uh, what became just normal is to have pornography on the uh, pay-per-view in the hotels. Oh, sure. And uh, I, I noticed that uh, we're, I use an investment advisor in a similar capacity that you are, and they were saying they're going to drop Marriott. And I said, well, why? Well, Marriott is one of the biggest purveyors of pornography. And I said, well, what do you mean? And, and then I realized, yeah, of course, that that's there. And, and, it, and quite frankly, it did a little heart, a little soul searching for myself because I got a lot of points with them. I use them a lot. <laughs> Guess what? They changed. They got rid of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was pressure from people, but... Um, I don't know if it's fair to press you, but I'll tell you, I have a couple of things on my mind. I'll hit you with the first one. Mm-hmm. How much bad is too much bad? I mean, we live in a fallen world, for goodness sakes. I don't right. think that there is anything that's absolutely perfect. But when is too bad too bad? Yeah, I understand. 
I understand what you're tough saying. Tough question. It is. It is. Yeah. Tell me and to be quiet. No more tough questions. No, that's fine. Um, but I will go back to, um, well, we can't control everything, that's for sure. There are things we're going to touch and do that are just simply out of our control. Um, but in the words of Matthew Kelly, um, you know, we, we cannot change everyone, but we can change some. And so we do not let what we cannot do interfere with what we can do. So some things we do have control of, and uh, certainly some of them are our investments. Um, it, is, it is, like I say, impossible to, um, to uh, screen it all out in our lives. But in our investments, uh, there is zero, to zero tolerance as far as these issues we spoke of with uh, the Timothy plan. So um, it, it can be done. <laughs> yeah, I know it can be done. Yeah, and you can uh, you can figure that out. Um, l let me digress just a little bit, and then I'm going to ask you about how you how you help people uh, invest, given whether they're Catholic or Christian. And I don't mean that as a, a dichotomy per se, but you know, all Catholics are Christians. Not all Christians are Catholics, right. and the the acceptability of an investment can be rather different for a Catholic versus just a Protestant in general. But I think it might be good to pause for just a moment and talk about uh, what we're doing here, right? We are trying to avoid participating in evil. Right. And uh, not to dive off into theology, but let's, let's take a minute to do that. First off, let's just acknowledge that what we're doing is certainly uh, our obligation in terms of investing in a prudent and moral fashion. But this is being further self-aware, right? Um, in, in other words, is it wrong to buy gasoline at a gas station that sells pornography? Well, I'm not intending to promote the pornography by buying the gasoline. Right. So the church teaches about participation in evil in degrees. There's something called direct participation. Mm -hmm. We are never allowed to directly participate in evil. When are we allowed to? Never, right? You're not allowed to procure an abortion. You can't help somebody do it. You can't do it. You, you never, 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 never. But then there's sometimes called indirect, or I'll go to the other end, remote, mm -hmm. right? It's remote. It isn't, um, it, it's almost, un, I won't say, it's not unconscious, but it's unanticipated and certainly not one's intent. And that's what I'm talking about when we talk about the gas station, right? Th mm -hmm. There's certain things. Now, going to the hotel and staying at the hotel, you know, if I engage in the pornography, that is a direct participation. I can't right. do it, shouldn't do it. But if I went to the hotel and they, they happen to be doing this, not I'm not directing them to do it. I'm not staying there because they do it. Uh, and, uh, I, but um, what, 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 what is that direct or indirect? I, I would say that's indirect, mm -hmm. right? And as long as we're on the subject, uh, if you do find that you're in a hotel with that and you're traveling, you're on business, I'll tell you what I've heard some people do. What they'll do is they'll go down to the front desk and they'll say, I'm a Catholic, and I see that you have this on the, the TV. I'm going to ask you, would you mind, is it possible, can you just plain flick that off? You know, I, I don't want there even to be a possibility or I don't want there to be some even assumption that I would participate in that. Do me the favor, switch it off. So that's even going a step beyond. So what we're doing here is we are really going 
a step beyond. Because I, people, I think people who invest, good Catholics and Christians mm-hmm. who do investing, are truly not looking to invest in things that are, might be considered a direct participation in evil. They're not, you're not investing in this company because they do bad things, right? We are trying to live the virtuous life. Right. We're trying to live the virtuous life. So uh, let me pause and just remind everyone that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. Not so live today. <laughs> I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and this is Denny Koos. I said it right, and you said <laughs> it right, too. So let me hit you with this second question. Uh, you, I imagine, uh, will analyze, study, and investigate these stocks because we don't have the time to do it, but we have the good intention to. <laughs> if you have a Christian who says, I don't got a problem with, name anything that is is, is uh, not dictated by Catholic values. Uh, abortion, abortion. Uh, contraception. I mean, most Protestants, I hate to make a generality, don't have a problem with that, right? Uh, are you going to give them information, right, so that they can make decisions, say, all right, uh, I won't screen this bit out, but I'll screen this bit out for Catholics. Is it different, the, the, the screening system that you have? Does it allow for variability? Um, it can. I'll just say it that way. It can. However, um, being that I'm Catholic, and uh, although I will say I do work with Christians too, in a, in a broad sense, mm-hmm. um, and there are many Christians that do hold the same values um, as, as uh, yeah. most, most values as Catholics do. So... Um, I work with them, educate them as far as uh, what's going on with these funds um, and uh, make offers. And um, I guess if they choose or not to choose is, is their decision. Yeah, so. and it's, it's a good way to say it. You know, we will be true to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And if they come to you, they know you're a Catholic. Right. And that's what's going to drive your uh, analysis. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So when is it time to start investing, first off? Let's get to the fundamentals. Today. <laughs> today. Well, I don't know. I think the market's going to go down. Why should I invest today? When is the right time to invest? I think it's always uh, as early as possible. Yeah. Um, when you say early, are you talking about age? Or are you talking about time, yeah. age? Yes, uh, age-wise, yes. How do I tell a 22-year-old with their first job, <laughs> it's time to invest? What do you do? How do you do that? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I will say, though, that uh, my experience recently, I would say recently in the last couple of years, and since some of the fallout from 2008, 2009, younger people are more aware of uh, responsibilities in investing than prior to that, probably. So um, I think there's a, a better mindset with investing at younger people. and It's hard to, um, it's hard to sway them um, if they have other uh, goals at that, at that age. I remember that age. So Yeah, I remember I mean. that age, too. <laughs> Well, and I'll tell you what we do in our company uh, is we, when they sign on with us, we don't even ask them, quite frankly. We take 6% out and put it into their 401ks. That's a great when plan. I, yeah, and, and it starts it, and they're, and they're good. You know, they're good to go. Um, if um, you would like a copy of this program, please just give us a call at 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000, and I bet you someone's there. We won't be there, but you will be. Um, anyway, so uh, we, um, we, we, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I guess that'll happen sometimes. Uh, one of the things that I try and do when I talk to young people, again, who are in our employ, uh, 
I try and say, hey, look, um, if you get a raise, you've been surviving very well without this money before. Right. Forget about the raise for this time. Forget about the raise. Uh, just take that money and invest it, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you didn't miss the money you didn't have before you get the raise. Just put it in. The other thing I did with my daughter, she uh, graduated, you know, in the middle of COVID when it just mm -hmm. started. Her husband was making a reasonable salary. And uh, guess what? They had uh, food on the table. They had plenty of, um, they had a car. They, you know, they got by, right? She got her job. And here's what I told her. I said, I want you to put X number of dollars. And it was a big number of dollars. And get it started now that you're She's 24 now. It was 24 at the time, 23, 24. I said, that will grow to the point where you will have a wonderful head start that you can never make up. And I said, here, I, I gave some numbers to the young couple. I said, look, if you put $600 away every month into this investment, and it's split between tax, sheltered, and, mm -hmm. and not. I said, in, uh, when you retire, you'll have four, I think it was $2 million or $3 million. It was some astronomical amount of money. I said, if you wait until you're 35 and do the same mm -hmm. thing, you'll have about $600,000. I mean, it, what people have forgotten is the compounding of interest. Right. Compounding is a powerful, powerful tool. And as you said, the earlier you start, the more benefit you have. Right. And, and part of it, I think, is just realizing to, to go without a little bit. Um, delayed gratification, if you will. Right. Yeah, and I think we all know people who spend every nickel they have before they get it. Mm -hmm. But um, so, in terms of investing, uh, I'll just put it to you. I, I told them to, uh, you know, bunch it up and get a lot of money in there before the end of the tax year. But what's a good, prudent way to start? What, what, what would you tell a young person who's who's starting out? What should they do? How should they do it? How should they evaluate how much they should invest? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think it goes back to what you were saying too, as far as. Uh, well, if we have enough money um, to meet our needs and have a little money for some discretional spending, um, then we have money to invest. So we do kind of go back to the, you know, the share, save, spend rules where it is our duty as a Catholic, though, to, to share some of that with our tithing and then also to put away a savings uh, for the future and then then uh, look to the spending. So. Um, it's, it's all individual, so I would just have to sit down with them and look at their finances and um, I guess all their personal goals, dreams, all of that, mm -hmm. and um, go from there. I know we're talking about young people, but um, the question after next is really going to be related to people who have accumulated some wealth and how they might be able to, as you said, tithe and make good donations uh, in a very effective fashion. But but first, I want to tell you a little story about when I was in uh, uh, with my daughter. She was about 10 years old, youngest daughter, and I was looking to make a purchase. Remember, I'm the careful guy, I'm, or crazy guy. I buy and don't, never sell. And I was looking at um, two, two or three stocks, and, uh, and I was telling my 10-year-old about this. Why do we do this? Why do we discuss <laughs> investment opportunities with a 10-year-old? Uh, and, uh, and she says, well, why do, why do you want to do that? And she says, well, because I want to own that company. And, and she says, well, you can own that company? I say, yeah, well, a piece of it. And she says, well, we always come here to Breadco. Why don't you invest in that? I said, well, that makes sense. So I did. 
Isn't that part of investing too? Literally, you you become part of the company. Right. Yeah. We uh, when we talk about that, we talk about your. Well, every dollar is a vote. Uh, so every dollar is a vote. What do you mean? Every dollar is a vote. Well, every dollar is uh, part of that stock. So you have one dollar, or how many ever dollars you have invested in that, you are owners of that company. Uh, so you're actually investing in their ideals and their beliefs and what they are funding. Um, and a point I always try to make, too, when I'm speaking with uh, people is that we do, through our voting, hold our elected officials, or we try to hold our elected officials accountable for their decisions as far as um, votes on our beliefs, our yeah, values. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we should hold our, uh, our business people, uh, financial advisors, um, and fund companies, all of that accountable as well. So if that's our belief, um, I guess we have a right to uh, know where the money's going and uh, um, it's supporting our values. And it makes it, it really does. And the reason I started out with talking about that particular company, which I love, Breadco, um, I, I, I was very proud of it. My daughter was very proud of it because she, she knew that we kind of owned a little bit of the company. And uh, they, they were here locally in St. Louis for a long, long time before they got, um, right. before the, the big transaction. But uh, they, in, I think, uh, very um, well-intentionedly started donating during the month of October to a company, a charity, that was dubious with regard to what they were doing. They were donating money to Planned Parenthood, not Breadco, but the charity that they were supporting. Mm -hmm. And unless you had done the research, and I had become aware of it, and I was very disappointed in this, uh, um, and then I also did some other investigation on the company, and there was some mismanagement, some fraud, and I thought, well, you know, we got to be good stewards with our money. So I'm a shareholder, right? Mm -hmm. I called and wrote the corporate office. I talked to the guy in the store, and he said, I will bring that to management. He said, he, and, I, and I, I'm a shareholder. And I called corporate, and I wrote them. I was a shareholder, um, not a significant one, but you know what? It made a difference. They never did it again. <laughs> and I remember the next October, I saw that same manager, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a frequent guest there. He said, did you notice? I said, what? <laughs> We're not donating to that organization anymore. You're right. It does make a difference. Companies listen to their shareholders, and they, maybe some other companies don't. I've heard of shareholder meetings where the owner, the major shareholder will say, sit down and shut up, <laughs> but uh, and notoriously, uh, but uh, and maybe a competitor of uh, Breadco does that. But, but most corporations do value their shareholders. And in business, what are you supposed to do as a corporation? You're supposed to maximize shareholder value. That also means you're accountable to them. One dollar, one vote, or perhaps one share, one vote. It does make a difference. It does. You can make a difference. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to digress. We're going to jump around from young people to old people. I'm sort of an old people now. <laughs> and if you start investing when you're young, you're going to have something called capital appreciation. Or I'll say, and, and more colloquially, book appreciation, <laughs> Right. It, 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 does that have certain advantages with regard to giving? It can, certainly, yes. Uh, when we, uh, well, for instance, let's say you're working with uh, stocks or investments, um, you are able to take your from your gains, you know, your total dollar number and invest or, or 
shouldn't say that, give to a charity uh, the full dollar amount rather than cashing out and being taxed on it, then giving to a charitable organization. So uh, there are certainly advantages to that. And you also get to uh, have a tax break on your taxes as well for that giving. Yeah. Can I, can I just dive a little deeper into that? Because I mm-hmm. think it's something that most people don't really realize. Let's suppose, you know, we're old and uh, I'm old and, mm-hmm. and I would like to make a significant donation to a particular charity. Let's call it $10,000. Okay. I go to my stock portfolio and I see that I have a stock that has a current value of $10,000. But my cost basis is only, we'll come back after the break and talk about this because this is really, really important. Investing has to do not only with being good stewards of your money now and when you're young so you can grow it, but it also has something to do with doing good with the money from a charitable standpoint. Nothing wrong with being good stewards and making that money grow and grow to do good. And one of those things is donating stocks. We're going to talk about that when we get back. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Karutz. Uh, the name of this program is is uh, doing good with your money. I didn't say it right, but we'll say it when we get back. This is Denny Cruz. We'll be right back. Tell a friend to come and join us. You know, this is important stuff. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. Uh, again, I'm your host, Peter Kruitz. I'm here with Denny Cruz, and we are talking about seeking the truth with investments. Uh, and we're talking about finances, just to be very candid and straight. We're going to talk about a little bit of, about charitable investments and, and a way to do that in a very efficient fashion. But one of the things Denny was saying just a moment ago is, uh, how can we really do better, more good with our money? So if I'm going to invest $10,000 to this, or I'm going to give $10,000 to a particular charity, I could take $10,000 that I'm earning right now and, and give it, or I could take some appreciated stock. Now, if I have appreciated stock that is worth $10,000 and I have a cost basis in it of two, 
well, I still get a deduction of $10,000, right? $10,000. And, and I, can make, I can get the deduction of $10,000 on my tax return. The, the um, charity gets $10,000, uh, but I don't have to pay tax on the $8,000 of appreciation. And quite frankly, if I had done it the other way around and I sold the stock, right, I would have to pay $4,000 in tax. I would only have $6,000 to give to the charity. So this is a way of being really good stewards with our money. Right, right. You, you, during the break, you were mentioning something about another vehicle in order to, to help people really support charities in a very efficient fashion. Right. There's a, there's a few ways. Uh, a charitable lead trust. Um, a charitable remainder trust and and or uh, charitable gift annuities. So um, they're similar and work a little differently. Um, where a, a, a remainder trust, um, you can set up the trust and, uh, if needed, potentially take uh, money or income off that for yourself for life, and then at um, at end of life uh, pass that on to the charity. And that's, that's what you hear on the radio or in advertisements where they say, remember us in your trusts and wills, right? Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. And when you say remainder, so the trust is taking that money and segregating it, and then you can draw income off of that. And then the reason it's called remainder is whatever is left over, does it automatically then go to that particular charity or charities? Yes, so the corpus goes to the charity. What, when do you realize the deduction for that? As far as the... Uh... From a tax standpoint. Oh well, you can spread it out over a number of years. So oh, you if, can. Yes. So if oh. uh, so, if you're the uh, the donor, um, you can spread that out over up to three years, I believe. Ah, huh? well, that that's great. So that was the first one. You said a charitable remainder trust. Mm -hmm. What was the second one? Charitable lead trust. Did you say lead? Yes, charitable lead trust, uh -huh. and that's a trust designed, um, set up um, as its own entity. So. You can uh, leave the corpus to whoever you wish, maybe a family member, a friend, whatever. But during the lifetime, it's giving donations to the charity. Ongoing. 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 Yeah, and maybe just to, to make sure that we don't uh, lose some people with the technical jargon, when we talk about a trust, it is like a corporation. It is a separate entity, separate in part from you. Right. right. So you are in an, uh, uh, Denny, you are an individual. I'm an individual. Mm -hmm. I, I have a number of corporations. So my corporations are separate entities. For, so that's what allows us to, to make these particular donations. Mm -hmm. So the lead trust donates on an ongoing basis as opposed to remainder trust that donates the remaining monies when you have passed away. So what's the third one? A charitable gift annuity. And that operates in the same way too. Um, where the annuity is donated to the charity um, and or another entity and donations go to the, uh, the charity of your choice, if, make, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, um, so is it doing it on an ongoing basis or is it doing yes. it? It is. Yes. So how does that, uh, and uh, maybe I missed it, how does that differ from the lead? It's uh, different in that one's just uh, an annuity. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's doing it on a regular basis. Right, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Right. Well, see, there's a lot of different ways to do it. So if I am uh, uh, 22, I think I remember 22 <laughs> or 23, and I say I'm going to start investing, um, and I, I've got my, um, I've taken Peter's advice, and I'm going to take 600 bucks a month, um, what, what, what's the best thing to do? 
do you, do do you uh, invest in stocks? Do you invest in uh, um, funds? Um, what would you advise them to do? Because you you have some flexibility. You can give them advice. Where 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 does that go? Right. Uh, it all starts with uh, a risk assessment and uh, sitting down with them and. Uh, and risk assessments take into consideration time, um, you know, a number of years investing, uh, your possible experiences in the past with investing, any knowledge you have, and kind of puts it all together to, to get a, a feeling of sorts uh, for your, your investment tolerance. And so going from there, um, we would sit down and make a plan, and um, it's hard to say. Um, I have some young people who are very conservative, and I have some... Uh, some old people, <laughs> I'll just say old people. Yeah, uh, I, re I mature, resemble that. Mature people yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, invest uh, more with more risk. So, uh, um, but being, uh, uh, I guess, in a suitable way, um, working through their um, questions, uh, I, w I would set up a plan based on that. Um, it's hard to say exactly, but... Um, a young person typically would be in something a little more aggressive, and they have a lot of time. And, and you, and they might be if they're that forward thinking. They might be taking your good advice. So let's let's move to the middle of life here. Mm -hmm. We we have a house, we have a car, we we've got our children. You know, there's they're investing for their education, doing that, and they come to you and they say, um, um, "Where should I invest my money? I've got a, a substantial sum to invest." Uh, and I think I alluded to this before. Well, wh where do I go? Where do I go? What, what, what do I do to invest this money in a good and moral and fashion that I can go to sleep at night and feel good about myself? Well, I would, I would sit down with them, of course, and uh, like I said before, go through the suitability and the risk assessment and then uh, educate them as far as what can be done as far as our um, moral investing and uh, go through that process of uh, showing them the evaluator and... Uh, uh, walking them through that. Um, are are they going to have three stocks that they can invest in? I mean, are, are we going to be uh, that limited? Are we going to have to d dive deep into the Fort, uh, the Wilshire 5000 to find the, the three good stocks to hit? No. Um, well, one of the organizations I work with for uh, uh, mutual funds uh, started in 1994, and uh, there is some mis there are misconceptions out there that um, if you invest in something that's Catholic or Christian, um, you know you're going to suffer in rates of return or, or possibly um, right. fees. Uh -huh. um, so that that is not the case. It's uh, it's come a long way, and um, the fees are uh, right in the median. I will say as far as uh, across the board of all mutual funds. Uh, the um, the rates of return are they're wonderful they're right in the median as well um, depending on where what you're looking at as far as uh, which fund um, and something I just want to make point of too that um, we were talking about this earlier but um, approximately 94 percent of the companies that are in the stock market right now over, over the 10,000 companies that are in the stock market uh, are the 94 percent are pretty much clean companies yeah. So yeah. they're morally sound. Yeah, but we do need we do need this analysis. You know, I, I had somebody uh, uh, ask me, you know, if I had uh, made a, a big big two gallon jug of iced tea, and I told them that uh, I have six percent poop in there, how many people are going to have a have a glass of my cold iced tea? I don't think anyone would want to. I wouldn't want to. No. Nope. Right. No. So the. the it's heartening to know that there's only, there's more than three stocks out there that I can participate right. in, 
But you know what? I, I, I don't want those 6%. I, I don't. I, I don't want those 6%. And, um, and the more we can do to avoid them, the, the better we are, the better off we are. Right. You know, we, uh, we as Catholics, too, we, we go through great lengths um, in our ministries, you know, using time, talent, treasure, all of that to, uh, to defend and promote our faith. And sometimes without knowing, on the back end, we're actually giving to companies who are, uh, we're, we're uh, ministering against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's true. I, I, I won't mention the name of the stock. But I, uh, I was investing in a, uh, a stock fund that had similar goals, right? It, it, it's a Catholic stock fund. Mm. And um, they abruptly stole off their position in this particular company. And, uh, I, you know, and they, they said why. They said they are now manufacturing and selling uh, the uh, uh, con- contraceptive pill. And then they quickly went to other immoral things. And and is it was it a huge percentage of the work that they do? No, but again, it goes back to: Do you want this? No, I don't want. I don't want this. So you, 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 they dumped it. And I I remember, I guess this throws I'm selfish. <laughs> I remember thinking: Well, was is it a good time to dump it? Uh, was it going to go up? Hmm. Was it going to go down? And, and and you know what the the answer was: It didn't matter at that point. Right? Because that's not our goal. You know, when you talk to people about their tolerance for risk, right? what is your risk tolerance? One of the fundamental things that you do when you talk to your clients, as you just said right in the beginning, is can I sustain a market that goes down 30% if I can go up 50%? Right? What is the risk? How can they, what risk can they tolerate and still sleep at night? Mm-hmm. I think the moral aspect is there too. What kind of right. what kind of sin can they tolerate? And I think we've made a commitment at this point. We don't want we don't want to participate in that. We just don't want to do it. Um, so ultimately, why are we investing? Why should we invest? Why don't we just take that money and put it under the mattress? Or, geez, I think if we put it in the bank, it's just like putting it in the mattress right, right now. I think you get odd <laughs> point nothing percent interest. But why why should we invest? Is it is is, uh, is it something that we're called to do or not? I mean, uh, I know I've questioned that my myself um, because it goes back to uh, about the story about storing up grain in your bins and how much is enough. Um, however, I, I do believe that um, you know it is prudent to uh, invest enough to take care of ourselves, and whether that be uh, you know our investments of. Um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, it could be investment in long-term care, you know, whatever. Um, I guess uh, with longevity these days, our, our goals are to um, remove the risk from our longevity um, so we can live a long time. Don't want to outlive our money. I, I'll Correct. tell you, I, I kind of break it down very simply. I, I remember being a young parent, and um, my father-in-law, and I, I can't remember how old the children were, but the, my father-in-law put a sum of money, small sum, well, not insubstantial, uh, in a uh, fund for their education. And I started looking. I have a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old at the time, and I started looking at what the cost of college was. Hmm. And I came to the informed conclusion that there is no way I can save enough money for their education. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and my father-in-law advised us in the same way. He says, look, this isn't the, 
the, the, all you need. You, 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 you need to hit this. So every year, quite frankly, my wife and I put money away for their education. And 10 years down the road, I took a look at it, and there was all these new tools to study and to figure out, you know, where I'm going to be. And, and they wanted to know what school they might go to and all that. And I, I went through probably an hour of their tool, and you know what I concluded? I can't save enough money for their education, okay? <laughs> Guess what? I saved enough money for their education. But, but that was, you know, in, in some ways through faith, right? My call as a parent is to be able to provide for my children, and I have to do the right thing day in, day out, and, and get there. I can't look back, you know, 10 years down the road and say, I should have done this. you got to do it in the beginning. Right. Similarly, when we're saving for our old age, we need to do it in a prudent fashion. You know, we, there's two stories in the Bible. I think it's the talents and the, I forget what the other one was, but it's the same thing. You have one who, one individual who uh, got the 5,000 talents, he made it 10, another one who got three and made it six or two and made it four, something like that. And then you had the one who took the one and buried it, mm -hmm. right? I think that we're being called to make good use of our talents and our resources. Mm -hmm. and, and we alluded to it before, right? I mean, if we earn money on the investments we make, we shouldn't think that that's selfishly ours 100%. It is another vehicle to do more with the money God gave us, right? right. I, I talked about the investment that is currently worth 10 that we only invested two in. If I had taken that two and put it in the... In, in, in the mattress, and I decided to give it to the charity, I would have had two right, right. instead of 10. I think we are called to make prudent investments, but we have to do that in a, in a, um, in a more, well, I don't think, we should do that in a uh, morally responsible fashion. I'd just like to remind our listeners and our viewers, by the way, that we're on uh, Roku and YouTube. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. And this is our live program, Seeking the Truth with Investments. And we're here with Denny Coos. Coos. You know, if you remind me 10 times, you know men need reminders. We, we just <laughs> need reminders. So tell me, how in the world, let's, let's talk about you. Because, you know, i got to trust you, too. How, tell me who you are. Tell me where'd you grow up. I'll get to the high school thing in a minute, but tell me who you are. Where'd you grow up? Right. Well, the high school thing won't apply for me because I grew up in Minnesota. So. Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I grew up in Minnesota, a small town, um, about 700 people. Uh, What's the name of the town? Easton. Easton. You ever hear of St. Cloud? Oh, yeah. That's about two hours away. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's out in the middle of a cornfield. So yeah. small town. Uh, Born and raised there, uh, went to a small high school, um, attended some college, uh, went to military in the army, uh, oh. uh, followed up with college, and then uh, worked. Uh, I had some health issues back then, but I uh, left college and went to work and uh, was in sales for many years. Uh, and uh, through my sales, I, I developed a, a uh, I guess let's say a passion for the investments yeah. and uh, and working with uh, people. So. Uh, that led me to uh, first off life insurance, and then uh, eventually moving into uh, the uh, securities business. Right. Um, I'm married to uh, my wife Cheryl. Uh, we have five children. Uh, we we have kind Which of. Which one is your favorite? 
Uh, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd try and trip you up. Five children, good. Boys, girls? Yeah, uh, both. Uh, and we, we have kind of a mix. So uh, uh, we have uh, um, a couple of adopted. We have our oh. own. We have a foster who we adopted. And oh. then we also have two foster daughters. So technically, legally, we have five children, and we have two more fosters, too. So. Oh, well, you have a full house. We well, have, are they grown? Yes, they uh, range right now from 22 to 36. 22 to 36. I told my children all the time they were growing up when, you know, I expect them to, to do well in school, go to college, get a good job, earn a reasonable income, and then give 10% back to me, the parents yeah. uh, for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't working it's out not working very out, well. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I've reminded them several times, and it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just really not happening. But, yeah, we, uh, we moved here from uh, Minnesota about five years ago now, so we, one of our daughters attended Lindenwood College. And, oh, yeah, uh, good college. That's what brought us here, and uh, we just we were always going to move further south because of the, the, uh, just being in a warmer climate, and we still enjoy seasons, so, so this uh, seemed like the perfect place. What parish are you in? Right now we're attending St. Barnabas. St. Barnabas. I like St. Barnabas, but where? I like the name anyway, but I don't know where it is. O'Fallon. O'Fallon, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, North, yeah. St. Barnabas. North Main Street. So I guess the whole point of asking you about who you are is because that is part of what we're doing. You know, I'm an accountant, right? I have friends who are engineers, others who are teachers. We, we, we can't um, honestly and reasonably expect to be experts in all things. You know, if if there's a small electrical problem or plumbing problem or a car problem, I might be able to fix it. But I, I'm not going to depend upon that. We need people who are professionals who will look into the various investments and be able to give us good advice. You're not going to dictate what we ought to do, but you might be able to rightly and prudently advise, and, and we can benefit from your experience. How, how long have you been doing this? Uh, well, since on my own, uh, my my business, first of all, I'll say is called Testament Financial. Testament Financial. Does it have a web page? Yes. Ah. Yep. And what is the web page? www.testamentfinancial.com. Oh, well, that's easy to remember. Very, Google probably will find it too. Testamentfinancial.com. Got it. Yes. Um, and that's, uh, I've been uh, with my own business since uh, 2014. And uh, prior to that, I was an employee with Catholic Financial Life. Catholic Financial Life. Okay. Home based out of Milwaukee. Really? I'd never heard about that. Uh, they, uh, previously, they had been named Catholic Knights. Okay. And they're, uh, they're through a, a series of mergers, uh, they renamed Catholic Financial Life. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to, we have a few minutes left. So if, if you're going to talk to someone and say, look, you, 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 you need to start planning out your life, your investments. Um, uh, if you're a younger person, how much should they save? I mean, how much should you put away? Is there a rule of thumb? You know, I know when you buy a house, there's sort of a rule of thumb, how much you can spend, how much you can't spend. I know too many people who get house poor awful quickly. But right. wh where, do you, where, do you, uh, where do you start drawing a line? Give them some guidance. Well, when it comes to saving for a young person, I guess for any person, um, I, I go back to that share, save, spend rule. Share, save, spend. spend. Share, save, spend. Yep. Okay. So um, because we are given, basically, uh, through the grace of God, our, our gifts of earning money or and uh, possessions, um, I do believe that we should share first. Or, or I'm, I mean, um, share it in a tithing way, I guess. Is right, share in a charitable, charitable fashion. Charitable fashion, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Thank you. And then save, and I also agree that 10% is a good starting point for a saving. 
Okay, that uh, makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, at least you have a starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, um, I I think the other thing that that might do, and I'm going to give you a tough question after this, is uh, people don't have that mindset because they don't share, save, mm-hmm. spend. They spend more than they earn, which means they're going into debt, which makes it difficult to invest. Right. So, is it, it, what do you what do you say to someone who has you know five ten thousand dollars in credit card debt? I mean, is it time to invest? No, we uh, you need to take care of the debts first, spend those down, and uh, uh, once they are spent down, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to say debt free because you're probably always going to have a house payment, yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know, things like that. But get rid of the fifteen twenty percent. Right, right, and then you can look at uh, look at investing. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, I I um, I think we I'm I'm 61, and I think that our young people are at a detriment in some ways because they don't see their money. Right, I would wager few mm-hmm. people, uh, certainly younger people, have ever balanced the checkbook. If you balance your checkbook, you you do a little bit of a self-evaluation, you know, an examination of conscience, if you will, (laughs) for the month. This is how much money I came in. Here's the checks that came through. Here's a couple that are still outstanding. And now I have X dollars left, right? You see the the totality of the income. You see the the expenses going out because you wrote those checks. And then I got a couple little bit of cash. And then I have what's left over. Most of them don't do that. Hmm. And, And I can't tell you how many times I've heard I don't spend on anything that I don't need, right? <laughs> I think we have lost the, the dichotomy, the differentiation between want mm-hmm. and need. Right. And if you never see the money, it's too easily to, 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 to allow it to slip through your fingers. So wh- what about credit cards? Uh, we're talking about investing, but you got to get rid of credit cards. So wh- wh- what advice do you have for people who have... Who, who, who um, well, look, everybody has a credit card. How do we manage our credit cards? It can be difficult, but I, I do believe we, we live in a world where it's probably necessary to have a credit card um, for travel or, or different things. So um, it is uh, good to have one. However, um, to keep it in check and pay it off monthly, Yeah, that's the best advice I could give on that is to pay it off monthly. Um, I know I, my, my daughter and son-in-law just experienced that, too, with uh, new, uh, newly married and, and going out into the world. And, well, you need a credit card for many things, really. You do. You do. Yeah, you do. You do. And, and I think that if, if, you, uh, if you think that you have to pay it off at the end of the month, if you plan that you have to pay it off at the end of the month, then it becomes more present right. to mind. It isn't this... Uh, 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 poker chips that you have sitting on the table. I think that's why when you go into a casino, they don't let you use cash money. They give you chips. What's a chip? A chip is a chip. You just do that. Yeah, What's, right. What am I spending money on? I didn't spend money on anything. I just double click. <laughs> so, Denny, thank you for coming. The name of the program was Seeking the Truth with Investments. The name of your company is? Testament Financial. And testamentfinancial.com? Yes. Testamentfinancial.com. So, do the right thing. Don't participate in the evil. Don't allow that 6%, 4% of poop to get into your investments. Do what God wants you to do and don't participate in evil. Participate in virtue. Do what our Lord wants you to do. Do good with your money and then as you invest and then do good again with your money. 
Thank you for coming. Will you come back again? Yes, uh, I'd love to. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Well, come back and see us next week. We're here every week at the same time at noon central. And tell a friend, would you please? listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Well, Internet people, that was it. Uh, I hope you learned something. I certainly did. Uh, Denny, tell me again, what, what, what's that old adage that you, you threw out there that I should have written down now I have to commit it to memory? Yeah, share, save, spend. Share, save, spend. Okay, so, but if you spend, 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 you never get anything to save or to share. So, great advice. Think about it. Do what our Lord wants you to do, and that is be good stewards with the talents and the resources that God gave you. We'll see you again. <laughs>